Today I want to, us to look at the scriptures in the book of James. The book of James chapter <clears throat> 1. We want to talk about the trials of a Christian, the testings of our faith. Amen. And we're going to look at the scriptures from verse 1, I think, to 15. We'll pick uh, a few verses there. We will emphasize on what the Spirit of the Lord is telling us. All right. Let's go to an easier fashion. Actually, today I would prefer that we do the amplified so that we can amplify what uh, has been said or spoken and try to understand what the Lord is saying. <clears throat> um, James, a board servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered abroad among the Gentiles in the dispassions. Greetings and rejoice, or other. Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and complete developed in your faith lacking in nothing. Amen? I like that word, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom to guide you through a decision or circumstance, he is to ask of our benevolent God who gives to everyone generously and without rebuke all blame and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith, without doubting God's willingness to help. For the one who doubts is like a billowing surge of the sea that is blown about and tossed by the weed. For such a person ought not to think or accept, expect that you receive anything at all from the Lord, being double-minded man, unstable and lustrous in all his ways, in everything he thinks, feels, or decides. Let the brother in humble circumstances glory in his high position as a born-again believer, call to the true riches and to be an heir of God. And the rich man is to glory in being humble by trials revealing human frailty, knowing true riches are found in the grace of God 
For like the flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with, his, with a scorching wind and with us the, and with us the grass. It is flower, its flower falls off and its beauty fades away. So too will be, will the rich man in the midst of his pursuits fade away. Verse 12, blessed or happy spiritually and prosperous, favored by God is the man who is tidifast under trial and perseveres when tempted. For when he has passed the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God, for temptation does not originate from God, but from our own flows. For God cannot be tempted by what is evil, and he will himself tempt no one. But each one, of our, each one is tempted when he is dragged away, enticed and baited to commit sin by his own worldly desire, lust or passions. Then, when the iricity desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin has run its course, it gives birth to death. Let's stop there. Our Father, this morning, you have gathered us in this house, the place that we have been meeting for many years now, and we have called it the house of the Lord. In this place, you have spoken to us. In this place, you have warned us. In this place, you have uplifted our spirit. In this place, you have healed us. In this place, you have saved our souls. Today, even as we gather today, and we are now listening to your word that we have read, we are asking the Holy Spirit, who is our helper, and our teacher to reveal to us the truth that is in this world that each one of us may receive the message that you desire us to receive. We thank you and we bless you, for we pray this in Jesus' mighty and holy name. Amen. Our God is a good God, and his plan for each one of us is that we may prosper, be in good health, and grow in our faith even as we pass through various trials in this life. And we want to remind ourselves this morning that testing of, of, of our faith or trials that we face is in order because everything that is written in the scripture was meant for us and it is meant to teach us, to encourage us, and to speak to our situations. I know we are uh, in, a, in a season 
and I believe we are coming out of it, where we have faced various testings of our faith or trials. And some of us have been stretched so much so that sometimes we have felt like God has abandoned us. I want to speak to you today, and I believe the reason why God wants us to hear this message is for us to understand that the testing of, of our faith is not meant to destroy us, but it is meant to build us. Amen? So whatever you have gone through, or you, are, you may be going through during this tough season that the world has faced, you are not alone. The Lord has been with you. And those of you that have learned to be patient or have endured through the trials or through the testings, some of you have testimonies of the goodness of the Lord. I am aware that there are still maybe some of you that may still be going through your trials and your testings. There are some of you that have just entered probably, and there are some of you that have co are coming out of it. But the message that I have for each one of us today is that our God, our God is with us. As he has been with us, he has seen us through. Some of us have gone through the disease, but we came out strong. It is true that some of us have lost loved ones through the disease, but God is still God and he is still on the throne. And we have listened to thank him because what had been predicted has not happened and it will not happen. Amen? Because if it happened, we would not be here today as it had been predicted. But look at, where, look at you. You are still here, you are still strong, and you have hope and faith that tomorrow is coming and is actually better than yesterday and even today. Why do you have that faith? Because you know that the testing of your faith is meant to help you to go through the process so that it can build in you strength. Amen? Build your faith. Give you tenacity to be able to push through what you have pushed through and what may come in the future. Amen? Amen? God will allow tests to come to us. Let's admit that. He will allow trials to come to us. To test us to examine us so that he can be able to prove that indeed the investment that he has put in us has actually worked and we are ready to be used of him. And he can be proud of us to present us as, well, as a product that is finished and ready for the market. Amen? Those of you that are in manufacturing, you are aware that a product cannot be released to the market until it has been taken through testing. 
Sometimes they call it stress test. It is stressed, it is pushed to see whether it can endure the environment, the harshness probably of the weather. And after they are satisfied, after they have taken it through the test, then they are ready to make a launch and release it to the market. I want to tell you, if the world is that wise, to put every product to test, to examine it thoroughly, to ensure that it is ready for the market, our Father who art in heaven, hallelujah, was the first one to know that testing is necessary. Amen? The trials, when he allows them, they are not meant to destroy you. They are meant to prove or to approve you that you are ready to be used of him, to be sent to that mission. You can now undertake the assignment that you and him have agreed that you would like to undertake. Amen? And we need to accept that trials are necessary. What are trials? Divinations, which are picked from the dictionaries, just to help us understand what I've just even explained. It's a formal examination of evidence that is in a court by a judge, typically before a jury, in order to decide guilty in case of a criminal or civil proceedings. That's a trial in a court. The judge cannot be able to decide or to ascertain the innocence or the guilty of a person until he has subjected this person to a trial where evidence is adduced before the court and the person is challenged to prove to the court that he is not guilty. And if he is able to prove to the judge that he is not guilty, after the trial, he is released as a free man. Hallelujah. All is acquitted. That's the language of the lawyers. The layman language is <laughs> He is acquitted. And if he is found to be guilty, after going through the process, he's not been able to prove that he is innocent, but the accusers have been able to adduce sufficient evidence before the judge that this man indeed committed the crime. Even if he is a brother, or even if he is a son of the president, the judge will have no choice but to declare him guilty and sentence him or find the person. That is trial. It is meant to prove who you are, what you are made of. And I've more uh, definitions. A test of the performance, qualities, or suitability of someone or something. 
say clinical trials must be established whether the new hip in case of a hip replacement are working. So trials or testing is necessary. Talked about this testing something especially a new product to assess its suitability or performance. So in general, testing is finding out how well something works. In terms of human beings, testing tells what level of knowledge or skill has been acquired in school. You know all of us have gone through schools and you have to be tested to ascertain whether you have the teacher, the, the, the information or the knowledge that the teacher believes has imparted in you you've actually been able to receive it and you can be able to produce it in a piece of paper for him to be able to see that what is in your mind you can produce. That is testing. Um, knowledge or skill has been acquired in a computer hardware and in software development. Testing is used at key checkpoints in an overall process to determine whether objects are being the objectives are being met. Let's stop there. I think that's sufficient definition to help us understand why we must go through trials or why we must be tested. And we have seen in the scriptures. Let's go now to the scriptures. What is James trying to tell the believers, the 12 tribes scattered abroad among the Gentiles. James, he said, was the half-brother of Jesus Christ. And James came to believe in Jesus after Jesus' death. Remember, it is recorded that his brothers, probably it could only be his mother who actually believed in Jesus. The less of his brothers thought that Jesus was actually mad. But it is recorded that James... His stepbrother may have believed in him after his death. So this is James now writing to the rest of the believers. And he's, I don't know why he chose uh, at that particular time to start by speaking to them about the trials that they would be going through. Probably at that particular time, they were going through trials all in the spirit was able to see the kind of persecutions that they would, would follow the believers. But he wrote and told them, consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Consider it but joy, my brother, my sister, in the house today, Whenever you fall into any trial, praise God. Amen. Consider it, but joy. In other words, take it, let it be an opportunity for you to find joy, for you to rejoice. Of course, it doesn't sound right to tell someone who is going through a trial, who is facing a court, who is facing a judge, to consider it joy. 
But if he is a believer, we can tell him so. Why? Because the scripture tells us to tell him that way. Because he may be facing the judge, not as a criminal, but as one who is being accused by others for crimes that he never committed. So we will tell him, consider it joy, my brother, to go through the process for if you are innocent and you know it, the Lord will defend you. And you will not come out of these trials weaker, you will come out of it what? Stronger. That's what he says, whenever you fall into various trials, be assured that the testing of your faith, the testing of your faith, and I like uh, uh, the amplified. It amplifies and says through experience because your faith cannot be tested without you going through some experience. It is through the experiences that you go through in life that your faith is being tested. And then he says, it produces endurance. As you go through this testing, what will be produced in you is endurance, steadfastness, tenacity, capacity to endure. A similar problem or testing in future, if not a, a, a bigger problem. That is what the testing of your faith is meant to do. And when we know that, then we do not moan or cry when God allows us to go through tests. I know that it is not a good exercise. I've gone through testings of my faith. And I know it's not an experience. Sometimes you wonder, where is God? Why must I go through this? What have I done? You check yourself. You've been praying. You've been fasting. Maybe even this is coming after you've been in the mountain for seven days, eight days, or even four days, prayer and fasting. But when you come out of the mountain, expecting that now things will be smooth for you, you just come to find a letter from your boss that your services have been terminated. And that's the time you look up to the heaven and say, God, was I praying to you or to the devil? Because this does not reconcile with what the 40 days of prayer and fasting. This is not what I was expecting. I was coming to expect a letter of promotion, but instead, this is a letter telling me your services are no longer required. Or they may use better words, you know, and say, well, from today henceforth, we want to thank you for what you've done, you've been to us, but we would like to let you know that from today, whatever it is, whatever, 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 we would like to, I don't know, what, what, what language do they use? Yeah? I believe you, yes. Still not, well, it doesn't sound so severe, but it is, still means the same thing, isn't it? It still means the same thing. But whatever it is, it's, it pains your heart. But I want to tell you, 
If that is a trial, and I believe my sister it is, for God is not unjust. For you to go to the mountain to spend 40 days or three days or whatever number of days in prayer, and you're not just praying for your job, I'm sure, you are praying for the ministry, you are praying for the kingdom, the Lord is giving you burdens and burdens for others, and then you come and you're told, today, that's your paycheck, leave. Or you come back later after we have calculated your dues. That is sad. But I want to announce to somebody today, I've just picked that as an example. There are many trials that we go through. You may come home and find that your husband has already brought in someone else in your matrimonial house. It has happened, brethren. Sisters who have been known to know to worship and to love God have been messed up and tested so much. And you wonder, God, did I do the right thing? Was it okay for me to give your life to you? Should I not have lived the normal life that we used to live with my husband, parting and doing whatever we wanted to do? At least that time he loved. What happened? Now he doesn't want me. I want to assure you, if that happens to you, Praise God. It's hard for me to tell you rejoice. But the scripture says, count it all joy. Because you know what? You do not know what God is doing in your life. You may not understand why this has happened to you. You may not understand why you have to lose your job when you need it. You may not understand why your business has to fail when you need it. But I want to speak to somebody today and see all this happens to test your tenacity, your faith, your ability to be trusted by God. Because should you pass the test, hallelujah, you will not be the same way. Amen? You will not be the same. It's my prayer that that doesn't happen to any one of us. It's my prayer that you do not lose your job. It is my prayer that your marriage stands. But should it not, should something happen, I still want to announce to you that you are still a child of God. And if you hold on to God, you will come out stronger. Amen? I don't know where, where that, the other job is, but God, we have had testimonies of people that have been relieved of their jobs only to be called for a better job than the one they were having. Amen? And sometimes God will push you, will allow trials to come because you are so comfortable where you are, you do not want to leave because as far as you are concerned, that is the best for yourself. But as far as God is concerned, he's seeing something else ahead that he wants to give it to you. Sometimes he takes this one so that he can give you the best. But we need to learn to, to endure. Amen? That's verse 3. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity. Amen? And inner peace. Maturity. The testing of our faith 
leads us to maturity. You are aware that a child cannot be a hare. At least Paul said so. If the father dies, the child will inherit, but before he inherits, if he is not of age, a guardian will, or a trustee, will hold for him until he matures. That's the law. So maturity is important. It is key to your inheritance. For you to be able to be trusted with resources or wealth, you've got to mature. And there are many of us who are yet to mature. We are still struggling. We are still toddlers in our faith. How then will God be able to trust us with the resources that he has for us as our father? He will wait until we mature. And one way of maturing us is allowing us to go through various trials. The testing of our faith. Pastor, what is wrong with you today? We've just been going through tough times. Instead of bringing a message of hope and encouragement, you are talking to us about this. Brethren, this is a message from God to prepare you and to help you because there is an inheritance that you are just about to receive. But you cannot receive it if you are still a baby. You remember the story of the, Samar the, not the Samaritan, the prodigal son. I believe the prodigal son was not mature by the time he asked for his portion. Because if he was mature, he would not have squandered everything. And if he was mature, he would have known that being at home with his father, there is security and he can grow the wealth, which is his, together with his brother, together with the father, rather than ask for it to go and enjoy it on his own. And because he was immature, everything that was given, he came back with nothing, not even the clothes that he disappeared with. Because if you can remember, the father had actually to get a robe to cover him because the fellow was probably naked and dirty. That's what happens when we refuse to grow. And I want to challenge you, child of God, purpose to grow in faith. Accept challenges when they come in your life. Decide that you are going to be a winner and not a loser in every battle that you face. Because you are not alone. And you've been assured that through the process, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are with you. There is no child of God who has ever been left alone in trials. God is always next to you. And I'll give you an example. Abraham was tried, isn't it? First of all, his patience was tried. 
God comes and speaks to him and tells him, you will be a father of nations. That time he has no child. But God has spoken. He waits for 20 years. And finally, is it 25 or 20? It was 25. In the process, you know what happened. Because of his, his immaturity, not waiting fully, he allowed in each mile to come in. As a son. Hmm? He was trying to help who? God, isn't it? Yeah? He was trying to help God. God has spoken, but he has waited for years and years and nothing is happening. And his dear wife, who happened to have been probably, I don't know, wiser than him, tells him, look, man, there's a lady there. She's my mate. I'll give you full authority. Take her to bed. Bring for that son. That that man who visited you talked about because he has delayed. He has forgotten what he told you. Maybe he meant this and you didn't hear. Doesn't that happen to us many times? The word has been spoken to you. You have heard it very clearly. God has made a promise. But because the promise has tallied, our neighbors, our partners, and others start speaking to us. And we listen to them. And before you realize, you are no longer on the path that God set for you. You've already looked for an alternative. Endurance calls for patience. You can't endure for a day. Yes, you can, because if it depends of your trials, maybe it's, a, it's supposed to be, be a day. But there is timeline and Abraham filled the timeline and he brought in Ishmael today the world is in trouble because of that one act of not waiting and going through the process of endurance was God far? no he was not far I'll prove to you that God was near. The second testing for him. Isaac is born. Yeah? And Isaac grow and Abraham is happy. Finally, God has fulfilled his promise. But God is still looking at this man. Can he truly be trusted as my friend? To be called a father of nations. Now he has a son. Is he ready to sacrifice? The only son he has. Between Isaac and me, God. Because that's what God was doing. He compared himself with Isaac. Between this gift that I've given this man. And myself. Whom does he love most? So God tells him, take your son, your only son, Isaac. 
go and sacrifice him. And Abraham, take the son. And you're aware of what happened. Remember I told you, whenever you are going through trials, God is not far from you. He's actually watching. He's walking with you. By the time he got to Mount Moria, and he put the son on the altar, and he's just about to strike the sun, a ram appears. God was not far. He was waiting for him to pass the test to make provision. Amen? God is not far from you. The testing that you are going through, the trials that you are going through, the losses that you have gone through in business or in whatever it is. My brother, my sister, God is not far. He's with you. He's watching. The moment you pass the test, he comes through with a provision. And the losses are taken care of. The pain is taken care of. Amen? That's our father in heaven. He does not test us to destroy us. No. The testing of our faith is to make us stronger and better for him so that he can be proud and say, look, this is it. Amen? Amen. There are many examples. Job passed the tests. The devil challenged God, and I want to announce to us that there are some of us that are going through testing because the devil has actually stood before God and challenged God over your life. And the reason why you still worship him is because of A, B, C, D. Maybe because of that job, because of that beautiful family, because of that face that is so beautiful. The devil can raise anything before God on your behalf. But I want to tell you something. I believe there are many, many people on earth when Job was there. Baba, why? But the devil did not talk about them. He talked about this one. Why did he pick on Job? It's not that he hated Job. No. It's because he realized Job was different from all the others. That Job loved God. Job's righteousness surpassed everybody else. And because of that, the devil was jealous and wanted Job to be punished. But you know what? Sometimes God will accept and say, wow, is that what you want? I want to, I want to prove to you that I am God. And that this man who loves me will actually not bow to your demands. Because he doesn't love me because of the things that he has. No. Job passed the test. Of course it was hard. No one wants to go through what Job has gone through. Some of you have gone through simple things. You're just, just about to abuse God or insult God so that you can die because of that small trials that you're going through. 
You are still intact. Your child has not died. Your business is still running. It's not destroyed. Your animals are still there. For Job, everything was taken away, including his health. But he still passed the tests. And when he passed the test, even his friends who were accusing him, because they could not be able to believe that God can allow such thing to happen to a righteous man. They accused Job, and they accused Job of not being a sinner. Job had to go and pray for them. After he passed the test. Praise the Lord. Are you getting something? Is the Lord speaking to you? I'm not scaling you. I want to assure you that God is with you. The trials may be, maybe they have not come to your side. Maybe you are still okay, but I want to tell you that there is no faithful servant of God, a child of God who does not or who will not go through trials because those he loves he does what he just stays where am I fast four and let endurance have its perfect what resort and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and complete, developed in your faith, lacking what? Nothing. Lacking nothing. Isn't it what we want? Don't you want to get to that level where you have gone through a process that when the Father looks at you, you are perfect and you are lacking nothing? And he is later to say that this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In other words, God can trust you and present you to the world as his representative. That's what he did for Jesus. He made a public proclamation. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. One is was that is what happens when you go through testing and you endure to the end. You are perfected, lacking nothing. The father can proudly say, this is my beloved daughter. And he can release you to the public to serve him because he knows you cannot put him to shame. Amen. Verse 5 says what? If any of you lacks wisdom to guide him through a decision, he is to ask our benevolent God who gives to everyone generously without rebuke or blame and it will be given to him. Here we are talking about wisdom. As you go through these trials or testing, you cannot be able to make it without his wisdom. Do not try to do it on your own. Don't use your intellect. The chemistry that you learned in school may not help you this time. The biology, the medical knowledge that you have and you learned 
may not be, may not be useful at this stage, but you require wisdom. Wisdom will help you to apply the knowledge that you have in the right way so that you can be able to come out or to go through the trial as a winner. So always remember you need wisdom. Amen? There we But are we there? If any well, that's verse five. Verse six. But he must ask for wisdom in faith without doubting. God's willingness to help. You must never doubts God's ability or willingness to help you as you go through the trials or the tests that you are going through. For the one who doubts is like a billowing surge of the sea that is blown about and tossed by the weed. Billowing surge of the sea, waves of the sea. When you look at it, you may not be able to tell where it is going to land. Even the wave itself does, has no idea. It is being tossed up and down. It says, when you doubt, you're just like that wave. We must always be able to believe that when we pray, when we ask for help, when we ask for wisdom, that our Father will grant it to us. Do not allow trials and tests to take away your faith or your ability to believe that God is able. Do not doubt his willingness to help you to go through what you are going through. Amen? For such a person ought not to think or expect that he will receive anything at all from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable and less in all his ways, in everything he thinks, feels, or even decides. That's what the Lord says, do not expect to receive anything. If you are unstable, if you are restless in your ways, let me pick on this one. I know it's, uh, okay, we have time. Can I borrow 10 minutes? Let the brother in humble circumstances glory in his high position as a born again believer, called to the true riches and to be an heir of God. This is talking about a brother in humble circumstances, in a lowly situation. It's talking about you who, do, who doesn't have any, everything that you need. You are lacking, and especially even in resources. And because of that many times when we lack or we go through lack, we are tempted to think that God is not with us. And we try to measure or to measure ourselves against those who has. And we think that those who has are more loved by God than us. What Paul is or what James is telling us here. We should glory in 
our high position. What is this high position that you who does not have enough, who consider yourself lacking or poor, what is your high position? What is your elevated position? The Bible tells me, uh, yes, it says, as a believer, as a born-again believer, that is what qualifies you to sit on that high position, all elevated position, called to the true riches and to be an heir with God. The true riches, let us understand this, because many times we are missing it, brethren, because we are looking at the material things in life. And we normally look at somebody and say, so-and-so is blessed because he's driving a new car or has bought a new home. Or in this case, probably is a new dress or a new suit or he has bought a bicycle compared with others that do not have. There will always be someone who thinks that you are better than them. And there will always be people who have more material things than you have. But I want to tell you something. What we are being told here, and this is still part of the trials and testing, because there are times that God will allow us to go through this process of luck, also to test our capacity and our ability to recognize that in him, what we do not have, material things do not matter. Having him is more than having material things. Amen? And that you can rejoice in that position of elevation because you are elevated as a born-again Christian, as a born-again person. What God is telling you, what you have cannot be compared with material things. Salvation in Christ cannot be measured through material gains. Blessings that our Father talks about are not necessarily, yes, we shall receive blessings here on earth, but our blessings cannot and should not be measured based on material things. Before you receive that house, you are already blessed. That is why that house is coming to you. Because you are already blessed. So with or without the house, you are still elevated and you are required to learn to worship and to honor God in that position of luck. Amen? What about the rich one? Maybe we close with that. And the rich man, verse 10, is to glory in being humbled by trials Revealing human frailty, knowing true riches are found in the grace of God. For like the flower of the grass, he will pass away. What is God trying to tell the rich one here? Again, you have the material wealth. God has blessed you with it. It is not a sin to have wealth. So let's not blame them. Let's not classify the ones who are riches as ungodly. What God is telling them, even with your riches, there will be times that God will allow trials to come your way. They are meant to harbor you and to make you understand 
that your relationship with God is not based on material things. That you are still human. That even with wealth and riches, you still need, you can still see, you still go to a doctor. And you cannot be able to prevent a virus to come to you because you have money. It attacks the poor and attacks the rich. What God is trying to tell you, if you are in that category of those who are wealthy, and you go through some of these trials, please see them as a way of God speaking to you and trying to tell you that you are more important to him than the material things you have, and that you can worship him even in your lowly or harbored position. Are you getting the point? That I have no reason to, to, to boast. The fact that you are driving a new car, or I'm living in a new home, all my children have done well and they have been admitted to Harvard University. That is nothing to brag about. Not, that is nothing. We need to be careful. We need to be careful. Material things are for a while. What is James trying to tell us? It is to adopt a non-materialistic world view. Amen? And we need to remind ourselves, and especially Pentecostal brethren, because many of our ministers or pastors, they have emphasized on material wealth or materialistic worldview as a way of proving the blessings of our Father. And that has been a doctrine that is in error. There is nothing wrong in you or in us being encouraged to work hard and to own things and to build homes and own the best on this earth. But our emphasis should not be on material things. Our worldview needs to change. We need to have faith in God. The kingdom of God comes first than material things. And Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. These other things shall be added to you. What Jesus was simply telling us, the Father knows that we need clothing, we need shelter, we need homes, we need vehicles to move from one point to the other. We need to take our children to best schools, so we need money. But he's simply telling us, change your worldview. The kingdom of God should be your worldview. That is your focus. Material things are secondary. They are given. They are added. Our pursuit is the kingdom. What are we pursuing? What is our interest in life? In that career, what are you pursuing? What is your interest? If God comes through and takes that career away, will you still pursue him? It's my prayer for you that you pass the test 
so that you can mature to be trusted, to become a heir of your father's resources. He can trust you, that you will, you will not be messed up by the wealth when he gives it to you. Because many people, small things, people that used to, to go to, to Kesha when they didn't have cars, when God gave them cars, they no longer go to, for prayers. People that used to go to the mountains to seek the Lord, when the blessings came, when that wife came, when that son came, when that daughter came, the need for prayers ceased or re reduced. Brethren, we need to pass the test all the time. Amen? Let our Father, our interest be in him and his kingdom. These other things will definitely be given to us. Amen? Let's stop there. We'll pick it from there whenever God gives us an opportunity. Let's stand on our feet. I want to give you a minute. Reveal yourself or have a conversation with yourself and God. Where are you in terms of the testing of your faith? Where are you? Are you ready to make a sacrifice? If the Father asks you to give him that which you value most, can you pass the test? Father in heaven, we say thank you. Thank you for the word that has come to us today to encourage us, to uplift us, and to teach us. We may not know what is ahead of us, but whatever we face, if it is trials that comes our way, we know that you are always with us. May you give us the strength to be able to go through and come out as winners. That we may mature in faith and that you can trust us with all the resources that you want to release to the church of Jesus Christ and especially these last days. Father, I thank you and I bless you for the listeners today, those that are here and those that are at home. May this word continue to speak to them day and night. We thank you and we bless you. 